This week in Star Trek Cinema, Sulu finally gets a promotion. Captain Sulu seems to be really good at captaining. I would be quite happy to stay here and watch his adventures. But we're not quite done with Kirk yet. We kick off our adventure as Sulu's ship witnesses a devastating explosion on a Klingon mining planet. The outcome of which cripples not only the Klingon war capability, but their very survival past 50 Earth years. The whole political landscape is shifting fast. The promise of peace on the horizon, but not everyone agrees that extending aid to the Klingons is what should be done. Not when an opportunity to wipe out the enemy presents itself. Kirk, mourning the death of his son and blaming the Klingons for it, is kind of surprisingly in the later camp. Spock, however, has other plans and sets up the Enterprise as an escort to the Klingon ambassador on his trip towards Earth for peace negotiations, which went about as well as you would think. The Enterprise seems to fire on the Klingons, the ambassador is assassinated, Kirk and Bones stand trial in Klingon court, and are sentenced to prison on a prison planet, where someone tries to assassinate them. Betrayal, intrigue, interstellar politics. Star Trek, Undiscovered Country. The Neutral Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies where we talk about Star Trek loudly at a great length. I am your host, Kareen, joined as ever by Ari. Hello. Kim. Hello. Special movie guest, Elise. Hello. And we're here today to talk about, fuck, the undiscovered country. Yes, that's right. Yes. Woohoo! Thank you so much. And I think I can really sum this movie up for me. Like, my experience watching it, like, overriding thought that I had was, like, Christopher Plummer sure loves to work, doesn't he? <laughs> Like, the man just likes to be in movies. <laughs> he does. No matter what the quality, no matter what the role, no matter what the refusal prosthetics are, like, he just enjoys working. Yeah. This one was pretty good. This is the closest to a 90s sci-fi television show episode that the movies have come, and mm-hmm. which, I mean, makes sense. I mean, means I really liked it. Because yeah. it's, it's yeah. the most 90s of all the original Trek movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really liked this movie, yeah. too. I thought this was the best of a lot. It was very engaging. It's, like, I sat there and watched the yeah. whole thing, and yeah. was like, it's oh, It's for sure yeah. the most substantive, and it is definitely, and I think this is maybe the most important thing about it, it is the movie that most firmly ushered in the Star Trek era of space diplomacy, mm. which is the best thing about Star Trek. Uh, well, <laughs> it is the most, it's the most unique thing about Star Trek, mm. um, is the, the, the commitment to actually talking about interstellar politics and privilege and all of the stuff that comes with it. This movie is actually about space politics. It, yeah. Which is great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> I could agree with parts of this. I also kind of like how this is, like, it's thematic in that mm-hmm. it kind of ties up all the nonsense that we've been seeing in the previous money yeah. and movies and is a baton to the yeah. next generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. when I saw those signatures at the ends of, I, ends of the movie, like all, instead of having like the credits as this is this, they have the little signatures yeah. of all the main actors, all the main crew. I swear to fucking God, 
It could have been the alcohol, but I, <laughs> but I teared up a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was like, emotional. Yeah, it was like a literal signing off. It yeah. really was, like yeah. because they're like, we have to. This our ship is going back to be decommissioned, and we're being kind of put out to pasture. But screw it, we're gonna have one last kick at the cam because yeah, we're awesome. Yeah. yeah, and I yeah, I felt feelings. <laughs> Honest to God, feelings. Yeah. And they brought back um, Grace Lee Whitney. Yes, I saw her there. Um, she comes back again in Voyager, oh. and I think she actually has a better, a bigger role. And I think they actually establish. I could be completely wrong here, but I remember her being Commander Rand because what you find out is that Tuvok served on the Excelsior under Captain Sulu. Mm -hmm. And there's a flashback episode to that, and I believe she's playing Commander Rand. She's there, for sure. Yeah, she's definitely there. So we get to see Grace Lee Whitney again. I also like, and I'm so glad that you brought it up in the beginning, Elise, is that Sulu gets a promotion! Yay! Uh, Bucks beat a checkoff, though. Uh, You are still just sitting in a chair... Taking up space. I'm sure that the deathless well, previous captain in the previous yeah. movie has something to do with I it. I mean, I think I think at that point he was actually the second in command because Spock only came back for like you know special mm-hmm. tour. So I think yes. he was he was the first officer. Spock was off being he a Federation special so. envoy or something. Yeah, he wasn't normally the first officer of the Enterprise at that point. Chekhov was, I think. I'm sure he would love to think so, <laughs> but he is not. Yeah, I think my only note for Chekhov on this one was like. Nice sideburns. <laughs> he worked so hard so on that. Yeah. Like, he got demoted again. Well, he did kind of, like, kill a whole bunch of people. <laughs> By accident, but yeah. Well, was it? Well, was I mean, it? I guess legally, yeah, or he probably wouldn't still be. I like to think that Chekhov is the sleepiest sleeper agent. <laughs> Committed to bringing down Starfleet from the inside. Someday. With his shaggy hair and incompetence. <laughs> Um, so the Excelsior was awesome. I wanted to, like Elise said, I wanted to stay there the whole time yeah. and just fly around with Sulu and his crew. Also, I want his China pattern. Right? He's okay. got a special Excelsior China cup. I love that. I want one. I don't okay. really know how many of those he's broken so far. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> I love the idea of him having tea, and I think that's really cute, but fuck you and your open beverages. <laughs> yeah, how is this not like how? computer lab rules? How? How? Because he's the captain. He can do yeah. what he wants. There has to be some kind of health and safety in space because, like, <laughs> let's face it, they get flung around like raggedy man dolls every five seconds and you have a scalding hot beverage. I don't think we ever see open containers on the bridge no. again. Like, we see people with, like, what we would call travel mugs. Mm. Sippy mugs? A bunch of times. <laughs> but not, like, cup no. and saucer on the bridge. It's like, come on, Sulu, come on. Yeah, I know you I mean, waited for that ship, but come on. Yeah. Yeah, um... Yeah, I was gonna say Deep Space Nine, they all have like tall Ractagino mugs, but those are mugs, they're not got They're mugs, on. and they're like narrower at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, because Picard is always drinking his tea, but he usually has it in his ready room. It's in his ready room, yeah. And Janeway drinks a shit ton of coffee, but she's also always in her ready room as yeah. well, I think. Not on the bridge. She has, I think, ch- I think Janeway maybe has a china cup, or she has like a metal cup and saucer. She's got a metal really cup and saucer. Dig into this. <laughs> yeah. Stop, I care about Let's China. Let's argue about this for five minutes, guys. <laughs> I care about China. The only thing that matters is that Sulu should be fired because <laughs> you are you are commanding a starship which is controlled by computers. The enemy of computers is wet 
moist. I, but we're in the future and everything is waterproof. <laughs> yes, I mean, that's what I'm I was sure that's say. true. <laughs> I was going to pull an Ari and speculate wildly and headcanon it's all waterproof. Okay, you know what? We're you know what isn't now. waterproof? People's crotches. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> and so that's that giant liquid flying <laughs> through the air, scolding it is, people. It is unwise. Sulu's defense. He did have a very stuffy looking coffee table that he was putting this on. So maybe Which he, it jiggled right off of. I was yeah. hoping maybe he was hoping it would just fall over on the coffee table and be absorbed. <laughs> what out of the previous three seasons of television plus animated plus movies makes you think that anything delicately falls onto a coffee table when they hit something one can always hope they turned into animated puppets once what you mean the cg thing in the time travel yeah that's yeah. different but okay <laughs> what would happen to the tea then what would happen to the tea anyways what happened in this movie Starts with an explosion. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually a pretty great way to start the movie. Yeah, it was very engaging. Um, I guess it was a it was a mining colony it's, planet it's, moon. They, it's they their energy production facility. Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. the it's the it's I think it's mining, it's it's where they create the energy mm-hmm. for Kronos. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is Big kaboom. Is it this went moon is supposed to be in orbit of Kronos? Or is it somewhere I think else? it was near enough because they directly referenced the explosion affecting Kronos' mm-hmm. environment. Okay. So, my least favorite part of this movie that I did actually talk to Ari about, because I cared science enough, I guess, <laughs> is that the planet explodes, and there's this giant wave coming towards wave. them. Uh-huh. At which point, in all caps, I have the note to myself, space is 3D. <laughs> Duck. <laughs> okay, I also want to note, though, in their defense, that A, I went back and looked, because it was noted, oh, it was noted in the in the notes on the Mary Alpha article, that the helmsman is already turning into the shockwave when they detect it coming in. And, mm-hmm. and second, that it came so fast, they wouldn't have had time to move up or down. Alright, they can shoot into Also, hey, here's the thing. The explosion was also three-dimensional, Kareen. Okay, no. Yes. yes. Okay, yes. Yes. But they could have just gone under it. Yeah, no. Like, duck. It's, a planet is a sphere. Yes, but the actual... No. Fuck you. The explosion <laughs> was going out like this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. For all you listening at home, it's going like this. <laughs> <laughs> and they could have just went... Whoop. Right under or nope. nope. Right over. They still would have been hit by the shockwave because oh, it was a shit. spherical shockwave, and also their thrusters that actually let them go up and down are way slower than their engines. Which go into go warp speed. And back. They, they have still would have been hit with it. And it They're just yeah. It's not else. instantaneous. At least don't fucking argue with me. Kareen, <laughs> you're, you're alone on this. I'm yeah. afraid. Sorry. <laughs> you're outvoted. Uh, the one thing I did like about the shockwave was seeing all the crew reactions. It was a good, some, some good camera shaking yeah. and crew falling. Mm-hmm. But this one, you got to see all of the crew falling out of their badly secured bunk beds. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Finally, we see the bunk beds we deserve. <laughs> we always knew they really were really painful, though. Like that would be a shitty way to wake up being tossed out of your bed. I mean, Shouldn't it probably isn't the first time in? it's happened. Like when you're yes, sleeping, at least. <laughs> they should be seen or in hammocks. Yeah. Here's the thing. Because I, I thought about that, oh, but I think. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that they have? Like the um, oh shit, the thing that the thing that keeps the ship from getting hit by oh, the the motion dampeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I think for it to have actually knocked people out of their beds, that must have been such a fucking powerful shockwave. Otherwise, no one should have been thrown out of their chairs. Yes, it was very powerful because of moon inertial dampeners. Mm. Yeah, pretty close too. Stop trying to justify that shot. <laughs> Who directed this movie, by the way? Uh, Nicholas Meyer. 
Do we know? Oh, yeah, he did, um, Wrath of Khan, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Oh, okay. This was competently directed at mm-hmm. parts, I have I also, to say. Can I also note that the very next thing, because they call, they call, like, Kronos, and they're like, uh, we're the nearest Federation ship, and a huge fucking explosion just happened, you need a lift? <laughs> and they basically, they're like, no, this never happened, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and we can't tell you anything, bye bye <laughs> And the very next scene is uh, a meeting mm-hmm. at Starfleet of, like, the Admiralty and a bunch of, like, like brass. Mm. A minority of people at this table are white men. Mm. Take note into darkness. <laughs> a minority. But the main guy talking is for sure mm. an old white guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So this is interesting. And I love this idea because I'm. it's very much ripped from the headlines at the time of making peace with your enemy, mm-hmm. especially yeah. when they are in a time of need. But not approaching them as conquerors. Mm. Yeah. But rather approaching them as allies. Being the better man. Oh, aren't that speciesist? That's true. (laughs) That is. It's true. And this is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were the big bad. And almost it would seem on a dime after all of these movies, after the television show, that they are not anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, you get... We get told that they've been trying to sort of cobble together a piece for years. Mm. Um, and that Gorkon was sort of like dipping his toes in the water um, up until the point that this disaster happened. And this mm. was like what finally like pushed him into action. Is that they're all going to die? Well, that he... That would do it. Well, he says that he, he knew that they couldn't continue to be at war because uh-huh, ultimately uh-huh, uh-huh. one of them would destroy the other. Um, um, also, their planet is dying. And also, their planet had problems before that because, because their culture had become wait, wait, wait. stagnant. No, no, no. Also, because of the ozone. And the ozone, which They're Praxis, going to run out of air and Praxis, making this the most 90s movie out of all time. And the destruction of Praxis didn't help. So him and Spock were already talking before the disaster happened. And then this sort of, like, kicked him over into making a move. Well, I think this was, like, this allowed him to gain traction yeah. Yeah, with yeah. the other... Because before then, they weren't listening yeah, at all. They no, weren't. Because it I sounds wouldn't. like he was, like, he was trying to convince people for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But, of course, they're Klingons, so they're not really into, like, peacemaking. Mm-hmm. I also love that Gorkhan is played by Sinjin Saint Sinjin. <gasps> is that who that was? It totally yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. It's from the last film. Yeah. Um, there is an episode of Enterprise that deals sort of with this issue of the decline of the Klingon Empire. Are you talking about Enterprise, the television show that we're not allowed to talk about? Yes. Oh. We can talk about it. We're just never going to watch it. Uh, but I think you. I remember what yes, you're talking we are. about. It. All the Star Trek. Uh-huh. Mm. Um, yeah. And where, Ar- I don't remember why, but Archer is having some sort of conversation with a Klingon lawyer. It's also in a Klingon trial. I remember that. Yeah. And this, this lawyer is like, you know, our society is unsustainable. It's all going to fall apart one day. And it's it's directly related yeah. to this, this and movie. And it was, I remember that being about that that Klingons used the Klingon Empire used to be like they were always pretty militaristic, but that that the the young people these days they were obsessed with the warrior culture and they didn't want to do anything else. So it's like we don't have enough doctors, we don't have enough lawyers, we don't have teachers, we don't have great poets anymore. I would argue mm-hmm. they had enough lawyers, although they still have Klingon <laughs> opera, so that's important. Um, but yeah, so like their culture was already kind of in trouble before this, and their environment was apparently also in trouble before this. So it didn't actually come out of nowhere. It's just that you know. Racism. You, you remember this episode of Enterprise I remember that particular episode because it made me think of this movie. Huh. So, Gorkon, played by Sinjin Saint Sinjin, whose real name is David Warner, but let's be honest with ourselves. Um, <laughs> he was supposed to be, he was, it was the director's intention that he physically resemble Abraham Lincoln. 
Okay. He was supposed to be... If you say so. Lincoln-esque. Alrighty. Uh, why? Well, because he's the peacemaker, right? He's trying to bring people together... Which is funny because the only United States president referenced in this movie is Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a surprise. Boston is moved at this meeting. He's like, so this is what we're going to do. The Enterprise is going to escort Gorkhan and his party to Earth where we are going to have peace talks. God damn it. <laughs> and by the way, he's volunteered the crew of the Enterprise, including Kirk, who hates the Klingons. Mm-hmm. Kirk is super pissed. Mm-hmm. There is a moment where he's like, oh, the Klingons killed my boy. And I'm like, you knew him for like five minutes? Yeah. And he was a Dick. He was really needs yeah. to go see a counselor about this yeah. because he has some real issues going on here. Right? Yeah. Like I feel like there would have been better people to get on this mission other than like the Klingons kill my boy. Yeah, <laughs> my um, boy. Yeah. But I do want to talk about this scene between Kirk and Spock. Yeah. After everybody leaves. After everybody okay, leaves. With like the spotlighting. Uh, I was talking more about the interesting power dynamic. I liked the way that this was blocked. Was yeah. really interesting. So what? This, how the way this is blocked is that Kirk is standing at the end of the table, and Spock is still standing behind the podium, which denotes gives him puts him in like a position of authority. And in this situation, he does he outranks mm-hmm. Kirk in this. Yeah, which I thought was extremely interesting because we have never had a situation where Spock has the final say over Kirk. Yeah, and I thought it was except really when he's int- doing mutiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if that counts. He though. always gives himself up in the end, Kareem, so it doesn't yes. count. It's it's a it's an interesting shift of their power dynamic. Yes, and I loved it. Because until now, like Spock has always deferred to Kirk ultimately, like not really, because he knows he's like a million times smarter than Kirk is. And he ultimately knows he can make Kirk do what he wants. But in this case he's like, No, you're doing this and this is why. Because Spock, until this point, like I said, Spock has always or Kirk has always outranked Spock. Yeah. And in this instance, Spock is Spock yeah. is in charge. And and the way that they are placed, like, they're as far apart as they can be without being in different rooms. Like, yep. Spock is still standing at the podium, and Kirk is at, way at the other end of this long, long table. Yeah. So it's it's the way this is, is so interesting to me. Yeah. It's also because what Spock is ultimately trying to achieve is something logical and emotionally satisfying mm-hmm. for a number of people. And usually when Spock defers to Kirk is because that Kirk combines the best of logic and emotions. Yeah. And that Spock believes ultimately that he is a good captain, that yeah. he is a superior captain because he has those emotions yeah. and he has the logic. He's the balance in the middle. He is the balance in the middle. Yeah. But now they are pushed to both of their extremes when Spock is representing pure logic, dispassionate view of the situation and dispassionate view of loyalty to Starfleet. And an individual. And yes, whereas Kirk is representing the personal, the emotional that has to be overcome in order to get to that middle ground. Kirk Mm -hmm. is sort of thrown out of his normal position and and Spock takes himself out of his normal position to counterbalance him. Which is really interesting because when Spock talks about this to everyone but Kirk, he's like, it's not just about logic, it's also about what's right. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that that Spock in many ways is making an emotional argument through much of the film and is in fact arguing against Kim Cattrall surprise yeah. Yeah. at a certain point I do have a note to myself that says oh Kim Cattrall is a good actress <laughs> she's I a have very not, good Vulcan. I have not seen her in anything <laughs> I have not seen her in a single thing so I can't really make a judgment but I had no idea that she could actually kind of act yeah. um, I don't know whether she pulls off a Vulcan in any way uh... but she really pulls off those eyebrows mm-hmm. and that uh, 
eyeshadow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed her. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, like, no I liked her. I liked her better than Christy Alley <laughs> as a Vulcan. She yes. wasn't quite pulling off, like, peak Vulcan for me, but she was not too bad. Mm. But she's also, I figure, like, you know, she's a graduate of Starfleet. So yeah. yeah. She has spent a lot of time with humans. Yeah. Because so they're all a like... little bit, except for that ship that was only Vulcans, all the Vulcans who are in Starfleet are a little bit less Vulcan than other Vulcans. <laughs> I feel is... like, yeah, at a glance yeah. at the memory alpha, maybe they're trying to bring Christy Alley again to be the great betrayer. Mm. To reprise that role, which, again, it's interesting that this poor Vulcan lady role just kind of gets shunted from actress to actress to actress to actress. When I feel like it would have been, again, interesting if you were doing that through line of that journey of that Vulcan. Mm -hmm. um, From the beginning, through all of that, to the ultimate betrayal, because then it would have, like, really meant something where I was like, oh, Cape Cattrall, no! Mm -hmm. I was really glad, though. I was rooting for you. I was really glad, though, because this was, Valeris was a character that could have been any gender. Like, there was no particular reason she had to be a woman, which I really liked, like, apart from the possibility that they're just shunting it from, like, new version of, uh, of Kirstie Alley over and over again. Right. But that it had no impact at all on, on, like, the choices she made or the way she was portrayed. Mm-hmm. Like, except that, like, she obviously had to be Vulcan because that's... Spock apparently so mentors all disagree. of them. disagree! Uh, oh, no, you go ahead. I've got a thing to say, but I'll say it after you finish. I disagree. In what sense? I don't think that it would have been the same story with the man because it's Spock's protege. Mm-hmm. And the part where he ultimately mind melds her at the end and she kind of just stands there going, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, it, it's shaded differently, but, like, practically speaking, the actual things she does in this movie are not coded one way or the well, other. Well, no, like, she doesn't find the gravity boots with her vagina, but... <laughs> you know what I mean. That's she couldn't. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, the thing that I liked in this is... Okay, to be up front, I had never seen this movie before. Neither did I. No. So I was pleasantly surprised. Were you surprised by the color of the blood that came out of that Klingon? Because I sure <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, did they have problems with their effects? And I was yeah. like, oh, no, it's supposed yeah. to. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> clues. I, I liked having Kim Cattrall contrasted against the um, the daughter, Gorkhan's daughter, whose name mm. I can't remember. Azibor. What's her name? Azibor. Azibor? Yeah. Because for the most part in the film, I thought she was going to be the bad guy. I thought she was going to be the betrayer. I liked that. to have her father killed because she was on the Klingon side, who are the aggressors, who... All these Klingons very clearly also didn't want to be there. And then to turn around and have it be Kim Cattrall, who was the betrayer and the Klingon, mm-hmm. was completely on board. She was I completely on board with mm-hmm. her father's vision. Yes. Yeah. I did like I that. loved that reversal because just the way it was shot, the way it was framed, especially with her in the transporter room on the way out where she was just like fucking pissed at everybody. Mm-hmm. I thought she was the one who... You know, she had betrayed everybody. She had arranged to have her father killed so she can take power and go back to the warrior ways, etc., etc. So, in that case, I loved having Kim Cattrall as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I did really like that point. That just because the good guys think they're the good guys doesn't mean they're incapable of doing bad. Yeah. It, essentially, this is, and I'm going to do my theme of the episode, there are assholes everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are assholes of... But there are All also colors and stripes and tails, and species and mm-hmm. species. There are assholes everywhere, but, but there, there are also, also genuinely good people who are just trying to do good things for others. There's a great line, which is later, which we'll get to. But there's a line that Kirk says, which I think was meant mostly metaphorically when he says it, is that 
He says, you want to know a secret, Spock? Everyone's human. And he means it in a sense that the things that we value in ourselves are the same things you can value in other people, even if they're not actually human. Uh, specious. Yeah, in the context, yeah. Yeah, the context of the movie, it's it like, funny. Ooh. It is. I think it also meant that there is good and bad in people. In everyone, and that, regardless. And that we all have to make choices yeah. every single day. But it's also, it's also very, it's very Star Trek thematic in general, too, because the idea not specifically that it's like, we look for things that are like human beings, but that the things that we value are the same in everyone, no matter what species you are. The idea that, that aliens are familiar things rather than automatically like scary things, which is, you know, the, the sci-fi I grew up with. So when I watched other sci-fi after Star Trek, it was kind of a shock. <laughs> sure. I did like the intrigue. Yes. Yeah. I was intrigued by the intrigue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't quite understand what was going on, but fine. <laughs> I I think her I think when they got to the end, her reasoning was a bit weak. Mm-hmm. So that was she... the only part I yeah. She... Valeris. Valeris. Sorry, I can never remember her. Valerian. Like, Kim yeah. Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Uh, Valeris. Um, and the other general who was like... Chang. Klingons, Chang. no way. And the oh, Romulan... Um, amb- right. And the Romulan, right. Ro- the Romulan ambassador who appeared in two scenes... Mm-hmm. Need more Romulans, yes. always. Somehow mm-hmm. managed to all hook up to conspire to end the peace talks. With Christopher Plummer and the eye patch? Which one's yep. Christopher Plummer? Chang. The yes. eye patch. Yeah. So wait... Oh my, oh, yeah. the delicious irony that species yeah. can't work together, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. us proving their own point. Valera says that in her confession. She's like, they worked with us. How trustworthy can they be? And you can see like half the bridge going, well, I mean, they work together. <laughs> Which The other thing is having her be the bad guy. It made that scene in the transporter room with the two guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, holy shit. You know what? I have seen this movie at least four times and I had never noticed that before. What do they say? Okay, so it's the two guys. Uh, after, yeah, after yeah, yeah, the I know the two guys. Yeah. So they, they're being like, oh, like they're racist, horrible, racist, they're racist, 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 racist. And she see, they see her in the door and she's like, don't you gentlemen have some work to do? And they're like, yes, ma'am. And the next thing you see is two jackboots landing on yeah. that ship. The work and is murdering people. <laughs> yeah, yeah the it thing was is, those two guys. Holy shit. The thing is, if you're only sort of casual watching, you might, like I did, I always mm-hmm. miss that. Like, it's like, oh, well, you think she's dressing them down. Like they got caught out saying bad things. But it's like, when you look back, it's like, holy shit. She, she meant murder. Yeah. yeah. Go do that as thing. Soon, as soon as it was, I was just like, oh my god, that's amazing. It was so good. <laughs> and the thing is, if it had been anybody but a Vulcan, I think they would have been told to emote differently, but because it was a Vulcan, it could be read either way. Mm, yeah. Which was great. That was great. Dang! I was going to say, Kareen, your face is doing that <laughs> thing over there. I'm so impressed by this movie right? now. Yeah. yeah. This movie is really good. They had some good stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. So many little she clever things. She's on that things. list. Iman. <gasps> she is amazing. Iman. I saw her name in the credits and I was just like, what? I thought she was going to be like a Klingon's wife or something. No, no. She was a beautiful bird lady and I loved her. <laughs> I loved her yeah. so much. Right? Her feather stuff. I was like, yes. oh my god. By the way. And her eyeballs. Yeah. yeah. So many central female characters in this movie. Yeah. So many. Compare, especially compared to previous original series mm-hmm. movies, like the most. That's yeah. true. I really liked Bird Lady. Yeah, she would watch entire Bird Lady movie. Yeah. I was there for Bird Lady. Yep. Yeah. Well, because she obviously was, she was going to portray them, but oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 Shapeshifters, man. Yeah. Because she's a shapeshifter. Yes. And okay, my two favorite things. One, yes. she turns into a child to escape her yes. handcuffs. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Two, she gives us another Kirk on Kirk fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
a good. You know how much I love Kirk on Kirk. <laughs> yeah. and it was good Kirk on Kirk. It was great. Yeah. It was the role that Kirk was born to play. <laughs> I, yeah, could spend hours watching that. Although if he had been about 30 years younger, yeah. that would have satisfied a number of people. So for Elise, there's like an episode in like the first season where you get a Kirk on Kirk mm-hmm. fight, but it is very obviously William Shatner fighting a stunt double who yeah. looks nothing like him. Like this time. Yeah. And half his weight. But this time Amazing. they had like yeah. halfway decent for the period CG, so they could mm-hmm. BS that a lot better. Yeah. One other thing I never noticed before I watched it this time, mm-hmm. um, the fact that they got his log entry because Valeris recorded him mm-hmm. making it. I had never made that connection. Because oh. I always always assume it had been submitted as evidence Which, or something. What do you mean she recorded him? I thought she just knew to steal it. No, he was just, she it. was standing outside recording it. She had something no, in her she was, I thought she was listening. I thought yeah. she mm-hmm. stole it, not she was recording it. She was recording it. The file that they play at the trial is not like his the log entry. Log? It's mm. she recorded him making the log entry. Oh, I also, totally can we that. talk yeah. about what a boneheaded move it is to record all of your best right? racist oh. rants right? in the official ship's record? Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> right? like your personal like, log, which right? by the way is like a legal document. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which could be reviewed at any time. By anyone. Yeah. Probably a psychologist. <laughs> like when they Benjamin my boy. When they Benjamin really Cisco <laughs> makes like incredibly damning log entries, he deletes them afterwards. <laughs> or like talk about them in roundabout terms, like Yeah. I really hate Learn to spin, man. Cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> it killed my, my arteries. <laughs> I just, I have a motive to kill. A cheesecake. <laughs> I can yeah. really stick a knife into... He's not too bright. A steak. <laughs> uh, followed by this is... And I know I've mentioned... I think I've mentioned Again, this. I would have been so good <laughs> yeah. at, like, yeah, back that's, that's not in this world. At all. Um, followed by his incredibly unwise log entry is one of my favorite Spock moments ever. Because Valeris comes to see him, and she's like, are you serious with this? This is a terrible idea. Is this with the epic wine goblet? The wine bong? Yeah, the wine bong! bong. Because he's, like, doling out some spices and, like, sniffing it to make sure that it's just... (laughs) Just Vulcan stuff. Is that Drake? (laughs) In his Vulcan caftan robe. Yes! He's got at least two in this movie. It's our first instance of Vulcan robe p- pajamas, <laughs> yep. and I'm super here for it. Yep. His decor choices have not changed. Mm-hmm. No. So many he weird has candles and hangings. And a biblical painting. Mm-hmm. Which it's apparently, a Chagall. Yeah, it's it's also meant to be a reference to Cybok. Who's Cybok? His <laughs> Who died in the last movie, Seeking Paradise. <laughs> It's about the, oh, it's the expulsion from paradise. Yeah, I know what it yeah. is. Like, it's not referenced, but apparently that is what it's that meant to be That doesn't make any for. sense, because he didn't have sex with his brother. <laughs> or did he? Okay. Oh, no. Um, but she comes to see him, and she's like, I have these concerns, these racist concerns. And uh, he's like, you must have faith. And she's like, what? Faith? Faith is illogical. And Spock's Tell line... Tell that to Cybok. I also yeah. really like that Spock at this point is like, you are the chosen one. To well, yeah. Chosen to replace me on yeah. the side. Yeah. <laughs> He's retiring. He's tired. Um, but he says, faith... Uh, she says, faith is not logical. And he says, logic is the beginning of wisdom, not the end. I love that quote. It is a great quote. It is such a great quote. And it's so, like, aptly, like, totally encapsulates Spock's entire character growth from then to now. Because okay. it's like, he's found balance in himself at a time when, you know, Kirk has lost it. Like, Kirk has it. lost the plot completely. Continues to lose his it. hair color. <laughs> his hair color, guys. It's like, 
gray. Well, he is yeah. old green. <laughs> Can I say how much I loved the awkward diplomatic dinner? Yeah, yes. it was excellent. Oh, that was so good. With more Romulan ale. That was so good. Everybody's so awkward non sequiturs to try and change yes. the topic was yes. amazing. And the origin yes. of the Klingon cultural appropriation of Shakespeare, <laughs> which is my favorite thing. It's I, a pretty great device. And it's a yeah. running joke that keeps getting mentioned forever. Well, the thing that I really like about that is that like, he wasn't serious. He was just saying it to piss off all the humans. <laughs> I loved it. It was the most... Does someone... No, no. Chekhov actually says the words that guess who's coming to dinner, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does. Oh, shut up. It's not a subtle dinner. Um, the other thing that I really liked about this whole thing was the entire running thing of aliens quoting human, like, classic Just human lines. Yeah. yeah. All over the place. Like, from, like, classic human literature, the aliens are all the ones who are yeah. quoting it all everywhere. And I love that. I thought mm. it was hilarious. Well, it's also really interesting in keeping with the theme, like, the idea that the Federation isn't exactly an imperialist force, but culturally they definitely are. Because when Federation culture sort of imperialistically takes effect somewhere, it's always human culture that does it. Well, it's because the Federation is humans, no matter what they say. Well, it's culturally dominated by humans for sure. Mm. Which is really interesting that you see it this early, even with a culture that you, they are straight up at war with until like five minutes ago. Sure. But back to Iman. <laughs> um, and the prison. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a prison. Mm-hmm. Repente. A good name. Yeah. yeah. Really good name it's for a, great a prison. Name. Yeah. Like a great, yeah. I could just hear them say that over and over again. Yeah. I'm like, mm. With a little bit of a shudder of fear. Yes. Like everyone's reaction was very well schooled. Mm. I was. <laughs> yes, it's very effective. You're practicing for Sunday D and D. I am. I was going to say, is there going to be like a mystical prison called Urapente in your next now? There is. Yeah. You guys are going straight to it. Oh no! So the trial, the show trial. Okay, can we actually have the assassination because they have dinner. The Klingons go back to the ship. Oh yeah, it's very yeah. awkward. But Gorkhan's like, it's fine. This was this is just a first step. It was hilarious too. Mm. Thanks for the ale. Mm. They beam back, and then almost immediately. Uh, Immediately, mm-hmm. Daft Punk arrives on the <laughs> yeah. scene. So the Enterprise, <laughs> screw to all up. appearances, fires a photon torpedo at the Klingon ship. Mm. Sure. What the fuck is going on, says literally everyone on the ship. Not me. And then, yeah, two, Daft Punk beams on board <laughs> in uh, Federation, in, in Starfleet spacesuits and mag boots mm. and start just shooting up the place. So, the blood. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> What color would you call that? Magenta. Bubblegum. Bubblegum? Pinky. Yeah. Elise is an official artist. <laughs> yes, she is. I think Elise it officially was... has all, like, final sound colors. colors. Yeah. Karine described it as raspberry custard. I was going to say, it's like yeah. raspberry bubblegum. Like, yeah. Especially while it was floating there. It was, like, gobs oh, of, like... Yeah. How far has CG come? <laughs> it's so funny because they never do this again. Mm. Um, Why did they do it? Well, okay. They did Probably it because they could. Curry. They did it because visually they needed. We needed to be able to see the difference between human blood and Klingon blood when they find evidence of it later. But that doesn't make any sense because all they find is the boots, and the boots are covered. In they blood. find a blood stain on mm-hmm. the transporter pad in the Enterprise, so that they know that they beam back to the Enterprise. Oh, yeah. like and there's some there's some official reason that it was pink, but mm-hmm. who cares? Oddly, like, after the gravity went off, I didn't mind it as much because yeah. I think the problem is that the first time you see the blood is when it's floating. Yeah. yeah. And so it looks so weird. Yeah. Yes. But when you realize that 
it's that color, yeah. not because they made a bad color choice. Like, and, deliberately? Yeah, but yeah. it's like, they did that on purpose. You're yeah. like, oh, okay. that looks better now. Yeah. Um, okay, so the thing... I like what this is very important. I like this mm-hmm. whole attack scene. I like the fact that they went with like no gravity because we never see that in Star Trek. No, very that's rare. true. That's mm-hmm. also a very very good strategy. So yeah. A plus to Christopher Plummer. Yeah, but <laughs> the thing that I didn't like is like two guys took on an entire Klingon warship full of Klingon, Klingon warriors mm-hmm. who were covered in Klingon weapons, yeah. and not yeah. one person pulled like a batleth or a knife or had a phaser or like a blaster thing. That's maybe? a fair point. Like, that was dumb. That I hated. Okay. Offended I mean, on behalf of Oh my god. Okay. Or were they all too drunk? No. Like, I no, mean, some no, of them Kim? Were. Yeah. I'm about to become Ari. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't wait. Okay, excellent. <laughs> Up is down. Black is white. Cats are marrying dogs. <laughs> well, actually, they just come in from a diplomatic meeting on another ship, and so they probably had to leave their weapons behind, and so by the time they transported over, they hadn't had time to rearm on their own ship, so that's why they didn't have any weapons on them. Oh, fair me, voice. Ari? Ari? <laughs> that was a fair point. <laughs> I mean, thank you. <laughs> I do wonder, actually, because we know that, that Starfleet does... Well, actually... <laughs> No, I'm just, I'm, I'm adding on. I'm thinking about, because Where do you we get hear, your Romulan ale? From a well, actually. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the number of times we hear Starfleet characters complain about the Zero-G train. Like, I guess Klingons must do it too, but Klingons don't like fighting. When whoa, like whoa! People. Klingons don't when like fighting? When they're not stabbing people. They don't like, I don't know. They're it's all technically astronauts, even if yeah. they are Klingons. There is an episode of Next Generation where two Klingons, for some reason, get arrested on the Enterprise and they're locked in a in a cell. They immediately start disassembling their outfits and yeah. reassembling it into they're weapons. always armed. Which I completely would have expected from 100%. These like, they I start pulling it. off, like, bits on their shoe and they're like, yeah. anyway, they get a weapon. But, like, well, how do you so- get your shank out of that? I don't know. But it seems to me, like, that was my biggest complaint about this, is that not a single, and, like, no one had a weapon under their dash. No, like, Gorkon was, like, four rooms down. Like, he didn't Mm. have time to, like, yank a Batleth off the wall, like a decorative sword. I mean, a Batleth wouldn't have done much against phasers. Well, you know what I mean, Ari. Yeah. Like, nobody even tried. I I think I agree with both of you on this, which is very strange. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's arguments on both sides of it, I think. We but do like, we both make a valid point. You do. Hey, that said, zero G is really fucking unpleasant. Mm-hmm. So I can totally buy that it was disorienting enough for them to get a surprise attacks. Although by the time they're like three rooms in, yeah, it's hard to buy entirely. Okay. Yeah. But like, I'm gonna let it go because it was a cool sequence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a super cool sequence. It was actually interesting, and you're very, very, very right, Kim. And I think this is the first time we've ever seen like no gravity in a situation, which is weird because mm-hmm. they're in space. Like, yeah. and harness work is not that expensive. Well, it is. Well, it was then. It was. Mm-hmm. It probably was like in the sixties. It would have been really hard to do. I think. You just yeah. put a person on a harness. Also, and Peter Pan them around. It's the way place. easier and cheaper to not have to in worry the about. Six, it. In the sixties, they would have had to like hand paint out all of the harness lines and everything. Yeah, it would have been yeah. A lot there's more the nineties. Did you not see the CG on those blood gloves? Just, oh there wasn't God. even really digital film as a general industry standard yet, so it would have been really expensive. Okay, so the most disgusting part of this movie yes. was those floating blood globules yes. glomping back to yeah. the ground. Mm-hmm. That was, was the best. That was <laughs> the most troubling <laughs> and amazing. Like it was, it was. Oh, it was disturbing. Also, you have to imagine like the like the number of of PAs sort of hung up there with like droppers waiting for the signal to all drop the blood at once. Like God, how many was, times did they have to do that set? Do that setup? 
wipe it all up, and then do it again. That was goo. The other gross part was when McCoy, like, mounts the old man. Oh, yeah. He's, like, shoving his hand into it, and it's like, McCoy. And I don't mean to agree with any part of the show trial, because it was a show trial. But I feel doing, like they had a valid point that McCoy is not, like... Any That's... medical expert in clone at all. Well, no, so he says why that. jump on top of the well, man? Because there's no other medical people on yeah, the ship. but you don't know anything. You're not helping. Well, they no, have a heart, he's though. literally, like, sitting on top of Gorkon. Yes. Like, shoving his hands in there. Yeah. Going, I don't know what I'm doing. I know Except, nothing about I know what I'm doing. I think at this point, he's gone into shock. Yeah, like, he I think has. as a doctor, he... He definitely has. He states he can't do anything to he help He doesn't know his anatomy, and the the... The tissue regenerator thingy isn't working. However, yeah. it does work for a minute. He gets his heart started again for a second. So he's yeah, not like... We don't know whether that was required I also or not. don't really buy that not a single other Klingon on that ship didn't know basic Klingon first aid. I don't know. We get that again a couple of times is that they don't really go in for a lot of like preventative medical treatment. So or I can buy that. medical treatment to... because when you're shot, you're a, kind of a weakling. So kind there of is an element of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you should have fought harder. Yeah. There is an element of that, like, even later on. So, like, I can buy that they didn't have, like, more than one or two medical professionals on the ship. But back in the prosecution of McCoy... Right, mm-hmm. so Gorkon dies, and then... And it's pretty much McCoy's fault for jumping on top of him and then shoving his hands repeatedly <laughs> into his chest, where he assumes the heart is? <laughs> well, if, if, you don't know that? I don't know. The blood was gushing out at a pretty solid rhythm at that exact... It was like Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he doesn't know anything about it. Well, presumably Because at some point, there is an alien here with genitals in its knees. Yes. Yeah. Well, which... one knee anyway. Oh, yeah. Fair point. Could have been just the one. Yeah. Well, there's an episode of the... Episode of Next Generation where Beverly does spinal surgery on Worf because Worf yeah. is like paralyzed, and then Worf like dies, and everyone's like, "Oh no!" And then his redundant organs bring him back to life, and Beverly's like, "Huh? Who would have guessed?" <laughs> yeah. Well, because it, it wasn't. Guess it was that was like that was like a nervous system thing, right? At that time, because they don't have redundancies paralyzed. for everything. But I do remember that they shot Gorkon twice. Yeah, so, Gorkon's dead. Yeah, he's I just super I dead. Like he's never dead. coming back. His daughter's like giant ponytail, though, and mm-hmm. her like her chainmail headdress mm-hmm. and her eyes. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she'd be a great leader for their people. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was great based on that alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's the last. She wasn't taking any for, like, either. She was just no. like, "We're doing this. We're doing what my dad said, and yep. everyone it. else can shut up." Yep. Yeah. So okay, the old guy who is the dad in that '70s show. That's supposed Kurt, to Kerwood Smith. Yeah, who apparently is supposed to be blind in this ep- is the this was, show. What? He was supposed to be blind? Is the that the same guy? The, the president, yeah. The president of the Federation was yeah. supposed to be blind. Yeah. yeah. That's why he's got those little glasses things every time he looks at anything. I have no idea what she's referring to. This Me happens either. twice. He's to be blind. When he's sitting in his office, he picks up these little glasses things. Apparently there's a reference in the novelization that it they were developed by the same person who later developed Jordy's visor. So yeah, he's supposed to be blind. It was take the explicit references were taken out of the movie, but yeah, the president of the Federation yeah, is supposed to be blind. Did not get that. Yeah, neither did I. They have quite the track record of taking out important yeah. bits of yeah. plot. I mean, I don't know how important that. <laughs> I mean, really not important, is. but like, yeah. except that it explains you're... why when Kirk dives to save him, he says who he is, even though he's like this far from his face. Mm. There's like, also parts away. where he's people are talking to him and he's like staring off into space, and I was yeah. like, well, you're awfully rude. It makes more <laughs> sense now. Yeah. Hmm. Sure. So, yeah, 
he is supposed to be giving the big speech in his kind of weird robes and like mountain guru hair. Mm-hmm. Where and are we right now? How far have we skipped? We're at the very end. Um, so <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in between. Is for it was a Klingon who is going to kill the president, except not a Klingon. Yeah, the Klingon sharpshooter. There's a, yeah. there's a Romulan in disguise as a Klingon. What? what? Yep. No, mm-hmm. no, not a Klingon. No, no, not a Klingon. No. no, they dive him out a window. Yes, yes. we can all agree on that. Yeah. yeah, man fell out of a window. They touch his chest where he's been shot. They say this is not Klingon blood, and he's wearing a fucking mask. What? What? Yeah, this happens. I don't remember this. I don't yeah. do I. Yeah, it it did happen. They say this <laughs> this is not Klingon blood. Uh, they they clipped a bit of the actual reveal out of the version that we watched, but I actually went back and found another one, and it's there. Are There's, he... like, four different cuts of this movie. But the, the thing with the blood is definitely in the they one we watched. They do have a director's cut, and yeah. I'm assuming that's not what we watched. No, the one we watched definitely, though, had the thing where one of the Klingons touches him and puts his hand up, and it's red blood. Does he, says, this he is mutter not it into his hand? No, or he blood? says it. I, I, he says, this is not Klingon blood. It's not a Klingon. It's someone disguised as a Klingon. I don't remember It doesn't really matter anyway, no. though, because it's part... They're someone part of the conspiracy. Mm. So, but it, yeah. It's supposed to be a Romulan, apparently. Is it meant to actually... implicate the Romulans? Is that why? I think so, but they kind of didn't really drive the real part. Because at the Who end, they're at they they... war with the Romulans, are they not? Yeah, well, because at the yeah. end, though, they also do arrest the Romulan ambassador. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because the Romulan ambassador was it's... also behind it. Why? <laughs> Partly. What? What's in this for Romulus? They're like to make trouble war between the Federation and the Klingons. But who cares? But they're no, also I get that. the ro- enemies of the Romulans. So if they're going into each other, they're paying less attention and energy to the Romulans. That is why Cisco brings the Romulans into the war that time. Because I love the Romulans. Yeah, yeah. The Romulans are. But they're awesome. pretty shady, like politically. Yes, that's kind of what they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're playing they're both my sides, Kareem. That's what they do. But yeah, okay. it's like that, that everybody sort of was in, like, there were people from all sides. So we like, can all work together <laughs> to try and take down the, the peace. peace. Okay, Damn so, peace. yeah, the plan was to shoot him, and then there would be war, and they would blame the Klingons. Mm-hmm. And Kirk. Why Kirk? Because he was an easy fall guy. Because no, no, Kirk is not there. Kirk is in prison. Okay. As far as they know, yeah. Kirk would have died in prison. But oh they no! Blame I him mean, for starting the, for Gorkhan's assassination, they would have like followed him the, in with the plot. Okay, fine. His prison escape, by the way, guys. <laughs> His prison escape. So this bird lady made out with me. Mm-hmm. So I followed her to get into my the DNA. Tundra, right? Yeah. yeah. What? She took his DNA. That's why she kissed him. What? So that she did. Could she look also like kiss him. a little girl. I'm, maybe. I don't know that she had to kiss him, but she touched him to get his DNA. Ew. Yeah. I mean, she was a little girl at one point. That's true. What was her true form? Was her true we form have no big idea. person? I we have her, no idea. I think her, tr- her true form was the big bird person. But what about ape mm. person? Whose lips the giant one. Yeah. I don't think we know because she said, I mean, of the bird person. They, they straight she, up ask her. Yeah, and she said, I would, I wanted to. I thought to. I would assume a pleasing, pleasing yeah, shape. That's, that's why she took yeah. the shape yeah. of Iman with yeah. yellow yeah. eyes. God, if, if we could do that, <laughs> would you not always choose Iman? Yeah. She looks amazing. She's so beautiful. Yeah. She's so beautiful. <laughs> she really pulls off that bird look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so then only one, oh, because what's the name of Christopher Plummer in this movie? General Chang. Mm, we're going to go with Christopher Plummer. <laughs> so Christopher Plummer and also the head boss of the prison who also has one like eye. Like the warden guy. Did they, yeah. They only have each one other? eye. Ooh, sexy. <laughs> or whether they like, were Trade. both going for the same piece of spaghetti. 
It was a terrible raw spaghetti accident. <laughs> the trial actually was really interesting. Oh, Michael Dorn. Michael Dorn. Michael, hey, Michael Dorn. Dorn. Now, Dorn. my headcanon is that this is either a very young Moog or Worf's grandfather. Yeah. Th- what What was his character's name in this? Doesn't have a name. That's the why he's, okay. he's the defense attorney. Because the other thing that's interesting is that, um, no, the trial wasn't on Kittimer. No. But the peace talks are on Kittimer. Yes. Which also, in Next Generation and part of Worf's backstory is that his father lived on Kittimer. About 50 years yeah. later. Yeah, 50 years later. Because that's where they he, lived. And he was there as, I think he was working in a farming community They all lived there. That's where the family lived. Yeah. yeah. Whole, well, no, not the whole family because well, his younger brother was back yeah. on Kronos but with Worf the and his mother and his father. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go out farming, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the Romulans attack Kittimer and kill almost the whole colony. and a, federa- a federation ship um, responds to help, which is something that helped with the peace between the Federation and the Klingons, and Worf is one of the only survivors he's taken back to Earth and raised by humans. Yeah. And that's Worf's backstory mm-hmm. and how that connects to Kinemar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Cool. His little cool. brother lived on Kronos and was raised by the nanny, apparently. Yeah. They don't meet until they're adults, and Kern shows up and is like, kill me! And Worf's like, bitch, that's not happening. Why? <laughs> Why does he want to be killed? Because he's the Dishonor. worst. Dishonor! Basically. Worf, uh, at some he's point, a disaster. there's a huge plot line with the Klingons that runs through the entirety of Next Gen, but short story is, Worf gets the family dishonored, Kern shows Whoops. up, and it's like, you have to kill me because we're dishonored. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, Klingons. Huh. Star Trek has some brother issues. Oh, yeah. It has family issues. It does. Yeah. My boy! <laughs> the Klingons killed my boy! There's some actually really He great... was a 35-year-old man, and yeah, he was still. the worst. You knew him for five seconds. You knew about him for five seconds. Yeah. And, I mean, they were... They weren't even good five seconds. They no, were just he was like, a dick. Yeah, I don't like you. Okay. Oh, right. And he's then, really just mourning the idea of his son. Yeah, Because his real son was a dickhead. There's actually some really cool detective work stuff on Spock's part in mm-hmm. this that I really enjoyed. Sure. When they're searching the ship for the mag boots. <laughs> the repeated sure. montages of them yeah. tossing searching yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I actually really liked that. <laughs> I do love a good montage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was very good. People opening lockers. I, okay, here's the part where I didn't understand. So they start unscrewing, like, panels on the wall mm-hmm. to reveal underneath those panels just, like, wall. Uh-huh. I don't know where they think they would stick <laughs> the boots in there. Because it's question. wall. Yeah. And wall. in all of that, they never opened, although maybe they put them there later. Because Sp- Scotty eventually finds the missing spacesuits behind a panel in, like, isn't it in the air conditioning unit? Yeah. yeah. Space yeah. microwave or something. Space yeah. microwave. No, he like unscrews a panel because he hears a weird noise it's coming the, out of it. It's because he's too warm. Duct. He's too yeah. hot. Yeah. The air vent. The, like, he's too hot. Uh, yeah. conference like, room. You guys just missed yeah. that one? Like the one Always of the most the obvious ones? Yeah. Always check the air vents. Yeah. Also, um, Nichelle Nichols looks like 20 years younger she looks this great yeah. than the last She movie. looks so good in this. And she's funny. Yeah. yeah. She's so funny in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed her in this. Yes. I wish they'd given her more. Can I say how yeah. much I enjoy the thing that they do when they're like, they're in the kitchen twice for no real reason. Mm. And they're like, well, how do we know they didn't just vaporize these like suspicious mag boots? And Valeris just pulls out a phaser because she spent too much time around 
the senior enterprise crew and just vaporizes a pot of mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. And oh. sets off an alarm. Which and is everyone extremely, comes screaming. Yeah, because it's like, it's just there to get all of the characters yeah. in one room. And it's like the most absurd way they could possibly have done that. But an excellent device it was so for great. that. Yeah. Like, everyone they need to talk to, they come running because there's an alarm. Yeah. Okay. okay I'm going to circle back to our original argument about this movie is that you have a functioning, working kitchen in the middle of a spaceship. A kitchen that is full of knives. <laughs> a kitchen that is full of flames that are cooking things. And a kitchen full of pots of boiling water. <laughs> when every ten minutes, people are being flung out of their chairs. I mean, I don't think that's how it's supposed to be normally. Point yes, Cam. Point of order. Yes, Cam. Campers. Airplanes. Cruise ships do all, not all things ships that do. move and have kitchens and utensils on them. Airplanes do not have kitchens in them. The meals yep. are pre-prepared off-site and the water is in those airtight containers Cruise that do not do, spill when you fall. Cruise ships have full-on kitchens. Generally are not being full tilted mm-hmm. over. And when there is like they Batten down the hatches, yes. like everything yeah. yes. gets put away because when you there's... know it's coming. Yeah, at least one of the things in the kitchen did have one of those like pull down wall things. Uh-huh. I don't know if they did. All the giant have one. pot of scalding water have one. <laughs> the Titanic didn't see it coming. Well, no, they did. They did. They, they very did. much did. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, they no, still died. I mean, it's but just, the pot it's of like, water the was there. Of water was fine. <laughs> No one died of like I mean, water burn. My yeah. point I mean, is, I think, I think, issues. I think like tur- like space turbulence flinging a pot of boiling water in your face is like as likely under normal circumstances, like not the Enterprise, as someone tripping and knocking it over. Th- that's my point. Is my point is strong disagree. They're living on the ship, a... and the the attacks and the falling and that is the, not is, the normal. No, it's not the norm. Mm-hmm. It's not. We are, we are only seeing it because it's more exciting to watch the explosions and than it, it is. is to watch the six months of mundanity. Look, I just do mm-hmm. wonder, That's like, word. why they matter. chose it to show the once kitchen every six time. months. Shut that fucking shit down. Because we never see another kitchen on a starship until no. Voyager. Yeah, we, we see have, we see one ad hoc one that yeah Neelix because up. you need a kitchen you can't just eat. Neelix we goes see one, rogue. We don't we, we see them the kitchen. If only Neelix <laughs> had been We see a kitchen in DS9 because Cisco is also like like yeah, anachronistically into cooking his food. But that's good. He's all he has is like a hot plate, and Riker yeah. has a hot. Plate. Riker has a hot plate. It's like it's not the norm on a starship. <laughs> like I wonder, like why did you choose? What? You've just really needed to have a kitchen in this one, Nicholas I Meyer. Think I would, if I were to try and make a reason for a kitchen mm-hmm. in this particular Please one, do at least. would be for the diplomatic meal. Oh. So cooking an actual yeah, yeah, yeah. meal for a diplomatic mission would probably be like considered a gesture. Like respectful. Yeah. Why the Enterprise happens to have one, I don't know. There's, but there's a, kitchen on the original Enterprise in the show Enterprise, but you don't ever actually see it. No, they talk about it. They just talk about it all once because they're making Thanksgiving Thanksgiving dinner. In the original Enterprise? Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise they eat cubes. Yeah. No, they talk about the kitchen all the time on Enterprise because the dining hall is the main set picture and they're constantly talking about what Cook is making for them. Are you talking about Enterprise? Enterprise, the TV show, yes. Okay. Oh, well, we don't care. We were talking about the original. Oh my god, it exists! You're watching it. If I had to sit through the original series, (laughs) you're watching Enterprise. The original Enterprise um, having another like diplomatic 
thing, and they're all just eating cubes. So sweet, this was cubes. So you know, if I was a diplomat, this would definitely sway me towards a peace treaty more than cubes. Mm-hmm. Depends how good those cubes are. Well, we have no way of knowing, I guess. Yeah, it could be one of those things like they do have it for you know special occasions mm-hmm. and you know human sanity on these things. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense to me that there's a kitchen. You're the only mm-hmm. one who has a problem with it. No, crying. as a space administrator, that is the first thing I would shut down. It's taking up way too much space, and you're taking on non-essential personnel. Huge <laughs> ship. Fire them all. No, no. You don't get to come to Space Socialist Utopia. No. No. I also really like Scotty's outrage at the existence of the cloaked ship that can fire. There is no space pizza delivery service. That is true. Yes, there would be. And at this point, they hadn't... pizza? Yes! You can now. (laughs) The other thing is... I have a lot of thoughts about Uh that. Because, like, fundamentally, it's not really that different. You're just assembling... printing is a thing. Yeah, 3D printing a pizza. Yeah, you can 3D yeah. print. Yeah, pizza. they've done it. But wait. I mean, it's not any different from just making it. Wait, 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 wait. You can actually 3D print yep. food? Yeah. Yes. It's yep. not amazing, but you can do it. Yeah. It's a yeah. replicator. They yes. make food replicators. Yes. 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 Solving world hunger. Not it quite yet, no. but you know. No. Because <laughs> no. replicators, that's the other, I think happen. maybe that's the other okay. thing is that we don't really have replicators in the continuity yet. And by the time we get to next gen, they were like, okay, fuck this. We need a better solution. Mm. Than a giant kitchen. Than a giant kitchen. Mm. And then suddenly we have replicators that can create perfectly real food. Mm. I like nothing. kitchen fires, though. Oh, I'm just going to be boiling it's my water It's a spaceship. Over here. I'm sure they've got fires there. I'm going to frying the fries over because you know there's fries in space. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. if there is a kitchen, people I am confident fries. that on a spaceship, they have methods for fire control. Oh, yeah. Pretty there's solidly probably fire down. suppression, yeah. like, like, we do now. Everywhere. Okay, I'm calling this discussion because I'm getting yeah. bored. <laughs> Cool. Can we talk about how great, like, Sulu really wanting to be like, time to party, tell me where to go! Mm-hmm. Because the the Starfleet calls them back immediately, and they're like, oh, you're breaking up, the engines are broken, we'll be a while, so they can run off and investigate. Mm-hmm. And they work out that there was a ship hiding under them, which was so cool, I remember being so impressed, like, the first time they watched this, like, the neutron surge, it's a cloaked ship, it was hiding underneath you! <laughs> I like that. It was cool. <laughs> and Scotty is so angry about the whole thing. We're going to tell Starfleet about the new weapon that's invisible. <laughs> so Rurikente is the worst. Uh-huh. I do love a good prison. Mm-hmm. It was pretty like, cool. Okay, let me re-say that. <laughs> <laughs> I like a good funny prison. <laughs> I have never watched Oz, and I think it would honestly kill me. Oz is so great. Oh, God, never. I'm not in never. there. I, I like- love Oz. Fun prison? Mm-hmm. I'm there for fun prison. Fun prison they're going to immediately escape. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, this is bad, but... Yeah. But we're not going to see any consequences, no. so it's fine. No, no, no. And again, just, like, turn into a child and shimmy away. <laughs> I also really liked the bit when, after they're, they're like, okay, no, we're not going back to Earth, we're going to figure this out. And Uhura's like, okay, but, I mean, they're probably going to get murdered immediately. And Spock's like, I'm sure the captain has it under control. And it cuts immediately to Kirk getting his face punched in. Yes. By a that giant alien. By a giant alien. That was great. I enjoyed that. Knee I do love that, yes, the knee general great. <laughs> but um, when Spock touches Kirk yeah. to... You're, it, it's the weirdest, like, most awkward touch. And I'm yeah. like, why is he it doing was weird. that? And then, and then I was like, uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. This <laughs> movie all pays off. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the thing. There's no like, point that you're like, everyone, oh, that didn't work. You're like, no, yeah. it all mm, and it people, pretty much all lines up. People successfully share secrets with only the right people in this movie, which I thought was unusually good for this crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he basically, Spock tells Ahura, no, I, I have a way of tracking him, but that's all he'll tell you. And mm-hmm. we don't hear anything else about it until we absolutely need to. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah. 
They yeah, they kept their like pacing and story yeah. pretty locked everything down. Everything is solid. Like you get where we, you see where everything connects to each other, mm-hmm. and it, it stop, nothing comes out of nowhere. There's not a lot of traveling either. Nope. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. In fact, Sulu and the Excelsior basically sit in one place until they get a signal to do something. Yeah, it's like we bounce from characters, but we don't, like, nobody's going into warp no. to the next planet, mm-hmm. and then the next one, and mm-hmm. yeah. it's great. No, it's all handled really, really nicely. Mm-hmm. And again, there's not tons of, I guess, like, settings or sets mm-hmm. for it. It's all pretty well self-contained, but really well thought out sets. Like, I love the prison. Yeah, wait. Clever. I love a fun prison. <laughs> the I prison love that had like bunk beds where you could just fit in enough of a bird woman to kind of <laughs> gross make out with. I really enjoyed Bones' reaction yes. to that. Yeah. What is it with you anyway? That's a great question, Bones. We've it been wondering it for years because his hair is just not an attractive <laughs> color at this point. No. I also no. really like that the 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 scene was with Kurt getting beaten up and then accidentally winning the fight, which is classic Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because and then, yeah, the universe kicked, loves him. Kicked him, yeah. And then Martia, Martia comes up and is like, they'll respect you now. And Bones, who's been cowering in the corner, is like, oh, that also covers Bones. It's like, oh, I know how the prison sees the two of them. <laughs> also the point where Kirk is like, oh yeah, just go see if you can fix him up so that he doesn't have any bad feelings. Fuck you, Kirk! Yeah. Like, Bones no. seems to feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah, she's also the one that tells them that someone has, like, put out a contract for them, and mm. they're like, yeah, no kidding. Obviously. Yeah. So, Christopher Plummer, guys. Mm-hmm. Do we like the eye patch? It helped me remember which one he was. He's the only bald one. <laughs> he was bald? He was totally bald! He's oh, also the, the least amount of prosthetics, because I'm pretty sure Christopher Plummer showed up on set and was like, no. I think I was, well, then I was distracted by the eye patch and did not notice he was he bald. He was totally bald. He had a tiny little ponytail at the base of his skull, but otherwise, the eye yeah, patch did a lot only of bald Klingon I've ever seen. I like that the eye patch was basically drilled into his head. Yeah. That was a good yeah. one. Klingons are yeah. hardcore. Yeah. yeah. Why? Keep it like, in place. But what if it gets, like, dirty? How are you going to clean it? Toothbrush behind. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, it was good, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like this one. Um, yeah. So, one of my favorite scenes that we haven't talked about yet was, I don't remember, the con- I don't even remember the context of why they were doing this, but they were trying to communicate with a Klingon ship on Ahura is trying to, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Klingon. They're trying to, like, bluff their way through. A, they really have that many paper books on Klingon. Of course. <laughs> and B... <laughs> There's a woman who's yeah. sort of standing in the foreground, and the Klingon makes a joke in like she's like, and she and she starts like gesturing for them to laugh. Yeah, so I love that. That was that's hilarious. A good so a, yeah. I think the giant binders were actual Klingon manuals from the real world, and b Nichelle Nichols strenuously objected to the scene because she's like Uhura would definitely be fluent in the, the language of their main enemies, mm, yeah. but she was overruled. Because it was funnier this way. <laughs> it is funnier. I mean, it was way. really so she. So when she looks right. exasperated and is rolling her eyes at everyone, that's pretty method. Yeah. Because she was pissed. Yeah. And I, you know, logically within yeah. the context, yeah. that completely makes sense. Yeah. But in the moment, that's it was so funny. Good. It was, it was funny. good. And the woman, like, orchestrating, like, ha, 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 ha. But they do it, like, they do a Klingon laugh. Yeah. Like, even their laughs have like a Klingon. Yeah. 
which I really enjoyed. I liked mm-hmm. the cleverness when they found the bodies of the assassins that, like, the announcement, they're like, oh, they're in sickbay, court reporter, come and take a statement. They have mm-hmm. a court reporter on board, I guess. Of course they do. Sure. Everyone multitasks in space. Also, there are a lot of mutinies, so they need to be able to pull together a <laughs> court martial real fast. But this is all like to, to lure the actual uh, mastermind on the ship to mm-hmm. Bay, and it's like, well, obviously it's Valeris. She's but that's the only scene, other speaking mm-hmm. character. Yeah. But that scene was real was quite effective. Mm-hmm. Like both narratively and like I felt bad for Spock. Mm-hmm. He was so upset. Spock should never trust anyone. He should mm-hmm. definitely stop having mentees. Spock was that's angry. a good point. Yeah, I he under- was. I, he slapped the gun out of her hand. I underlined the word angry on my notes. <laughs> you really did. I did. Hold it up to the microphone so they can hear it. <laughs> It's nice. also like they both get too emotional in this scene because he's like, you must shoot if you are logical, which was your whole justification for doing this. You have to shoot me. And she says, I don't want to, which is not a logical thing to say. It's been too much time around humans, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he slaps the fucking gun out of her hand. That was great because he immediately reins himself back in. You do you, Leonard. It's true. He's a really bad mentor. <laughs> yeah. Everyone that he tries to mentor ends up super evil or having sex with him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe he should stop getting drunk with his mentees. Mm. <laughs> yep. Or reincar- yeah. reanimated, Re- I yeah. guess, with them. Yeah. Life is the greatest <laughs> drug of all. <laughs> and Sulu gets to ride to the rescue, which I'm sure was great mm-hmm. for everyone. It's all totally splendid. Yeah. yeah, so I think we're all pretty happy about that. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, Although, I was going to quote, but now I don't remember who said it or where, but it was okay. real good. Okay. Um, it says, we are, both ex- we are both extremists. Reality is somewhere in between. Maybe that was Kirk and Kim mm-hmm. Cattrall? Uh, no, it Kirk was... Kirk and Spock? Kirk and Spock? Yeah, it okay. was Kirk and Spock. There's also a really good one... Um, where Gorkon, before they beam back, uh, he puts his hand on Kurt's shoulder and he's like, if there is going to be a brave new world, our generation is going to have the hardest time living in it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they both looked at the screen like they were in the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's also the part about Gorkon or Sinjin Saint Sinjin keeps talking about the future as the undiscovered country. Yeah, I like that. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. I thought that was a really nice turn of phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is... And Kurt says um, that some people think that making... Oh, the future means the end of history, mm-hmm. which was also really great, especially yeah. given when this movie came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very like it's it very relevant to kind of the Star Trek with the USSR. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, very very interesting film um, that is watchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was very, it was yeah. really good. It was the best of the five original series movies, as far as I'm concerned. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. yeah, I think we get. Yeah, I would agree. Actually, yeah. I think it probably gets. We get the most. The, be- the most solid feeling of the world in this movie of all of them. Mm-hmm. And that's not just because of the space politics, it's because of all like the little bits that we get, like which bits that we get. Like you get a feel for what this world is actually like instead of most of the other movies because they're movies just feel like snapshots. Mm-hmm. But this also, one feels Iman firmly. In it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, Ari, your counts? Okay. Uh, 44 ladies, 15 ladies with on screen speaking parts, 45 people of color. Five people of color with speaking parts, although I'm sure I missed a couple of Klingons. Okay. Kim, your count? Okay. So, at minimum, 13. Okay. At maximum, 200. <laughs> How many were on the mining planet? 
they didn't all die. There's only know. one dead person on the mining planet. And really? The, yeah, that's the guy out in the snow that they dropped as a demonstration. No, we're, oh, no, we're no. a on on Praxis. Mm-hmm. The thing that blows up in the beginning. They, they don't tell us. Yeah, it's a guess, I guess. Could so my count here is that we the first deaths that we actually see and we know about are the the Klingons on the ship. Yeah. So then there was about eight Klingons that I uh-huh. saw actually murdered, so, but we don't know if that's the total. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one prisoner on the planet. There were the two crewmen who actually did the murdering. Mm-hmm. General Chang and his crew, which mm-hmm. could be anywhere between, mm-hmm. who knows, um, and the Klingon assassin. Mm-hmm. So that's like 13 people. Who wasn't a Klingon after all. Quote Klingon, unquote. What happened to yeah. the episode, guys? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to start with Elise, because I feel like she has something to say here. Um, I'm going to go with Valerian? What's her face? Valeris. Kim Cattrall. Valeris? Kim Cattrall. That one. Yes. I enjoyed her. Like, I, yeah. I liked her performance, and I did not necessarily suspect her as the, you know, betrayer the whole she time. She did a good job. Yeah. Because yeah, I was like, oh, I like you. You're, you're yeah. a fun Vulcan, and you're yeah. spunky, and I'm like, and then, you know, yeah. betrayal, and I was like, but no! But yes. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Kim? Um, while I agree with Elise's assessment of Kim Cattrall as being <laughs> great, I'm actually going to give performance of the episode to Nimoy. Really? Yes. I really liked his anger. I liked his... I liked... I loved him in the scene between him and Kirk at the beginning. Um, yeah. He was great. He does do a really good job. Yeah. And I think he kind of has the most to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ari? I'm looking up her name. Okay, since there were, like, two girls, I think I can guess. But anyways. <laughs> Ooh. I definitely, I really liked Kim Cattrall. I was, mm-hmm. like, pleasantly surprised by everything she did. Yeah. I love her little moment of triumph when she finds the boots. Yeah. And she's so kind of, she's like, like mm. pleased with herself. I'd say that Shatner honestly did a pretty good job. Yeah. Because there's, you know, my boy. <laughs> my boy. Well, he, he showed a convincing arc between the way he feels at the beginning to the way he feels at the end. And mm-hmm. I liked his stuff at the beginning because he's, he's understandable that he doesn't oh, yeah. want to make peace with these assholes. And like, the thing that I like about Kirk's line through this is that he recognizes in himself that yes. he's having problems with it. He's yes. self-aware enough to be like, yeah. I have a problem with this. I'm going to do it because it's my job, but I'm not okay with it. And yeah. here's why. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I like how he's really honest about this. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't think I'm the right person mm-hmm. for this. Like, and I don't like that you asked me to do yeah. this. Yeah. And I like that he also didn't end up in a place of complete acceptance. And no. he's yeah. totally on board. He ended up with a place of, well, we'll try it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I see why this is necessary. Yeah. yeah. I thought he did a really good job, especially his stuff at the beginning where he's just tired. Mm. Yeah. He's just tired of this. So I thought he did a really good job, and I also thought Nemo did a really good job as well. Yeah. Um, especially the parts with Valerian. Valerian. <laughs> they all, everyone really brought their A-game. Um, I kind of want to give a... I want to say Shatner is my actual answer because of the way, like, he portrayed... Like, that was great character work. You, it was Everyone stuff. brought their A-game for He also movie. has the nicest signature. He, yes. <laughs> um, but I want to give honorable mention to Rosanna DeSoto, who played Acid Boar. Mmm. Ponytail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She had a lot of good scowls. She yeah. did. Yeah. And she had good lines, too. Um, mm-hmm. That When she's, like, yelling at the other Klingons... Um, in, in English and in Klingon. She did some good Klingon. Like, mm. sometimes you have the actors doing the Klingon and they're like, I do not know what these words mean, but she was really <laughs> selling it. That she says, we are a proud people and we are here because we intend to go on being proud. Mm. She was great. I enjoyed yeah. her a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, life lesson to be gleamed from this, Kim. Um, give peace a chance. No. 
But in reality, a little more complex than that is that you have to go into peace negotiations with good faith. (laughs) (laughs) Okie doke. Uh, Elise, politics are very complicated and people have a lot of feelings. Mm. Oh, that's a bullshit lesson. <laughs> Pop out. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to go with covered beverages. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And Ari? Uh, you can't let the garbage past hold you back from the future, even if it hurts you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's also like the past is bullshit, but we've done that one before. Um, anything else? No. Okay, so... This was a good movie. Maybe you should watch this one. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to be on hiatus, uh, because this is the very last original series thing. Because Shatner's old, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I would go back and watch original series again, like a (laughs) drop of a hat. In fact, I just might. But, like, I can't take any more old Shatner. It hurts me. I think I've been, I think I'm done. I think I don't think I'm ever going to watch original series again. I really, really? like yeah. movies a lot. I can watch them repeatedly. I might watch. I might ones. watch this movie again, but I think I'm done with original series. <gasps> <laughs> I really only rewatch the movies for the most part. Um, we might do possibly like a one-off wrap-up episode for original series at some point, but we are officially on hiatus until Discovery premieres, which they actually announced a date yesterday, Woo! the day before, day before, which is September twenty fourth. Hopefully that actually happens. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, and also because we're all going on holiday, so it's going to be really hard to coordinate that. Yeah, so take this time to rewatch the original series, which is a wrap. I think I'm going to watch the animated series, actually. Yes. You have fun with that. Yes. You have fun with that. I will watch yeah, that with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a side podcast. I, don't wanna, yeah. I sure don't want to do that sober. Because I've seen it before, and it's wild. Oh, I've seen it too, and it's just fascinating. Yeah. As someone who works in animation, I'm like, oh yeah, Ooh. it gives the cheap shortcuts. Oh, it gives yes. the cheap ass shortcuts that anime takes a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Should like, we make wow. their whips move? Eh, fuck no. no. Who cares? Is, no, it, is no, it okay? No. Is, should we have this uniform be consistent from scene to scene? No. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll see you guys in September. Woo woo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey listeners, which is a title I bestow on you because you are, after all, still listening to me speak. If you like us, like Star Trek, like the show, or any combination of the three, do us a favor and subscribe to and rate us on iTunes so that other people can like us too. You can also tweet about us or tumble about us or whatever verb word that describes the social media platform of your choice. If it helps, we both like and appreciate you.